Hello, members of the Resilient Catholics community. This is Dr. Peter. We are in week 20 of our journey together this first year. It is really exciting to be with you. And we are in our final preparations for working with exiles. We have been going through this whole process of how we go about this IFS-informed work safely. And I'm just gonna walk you through the steps of how this all goes. You can see this on page 13 of our handbook. We start with protectors, right? We start with accessing a protector, and we talked about that in weeks three, four, and five. Then we talk about unblending from a protector. That was week six. The next step, the third step in getting to know a protector was unblending from a concerned part, these concerned protectors. We really focused on that in week seven. We focused on protectors' positive intentions, and that was part of week eight in the parts mapping, but really focused on that in week nine. And then the fifth step in getting to know a protector is developing a positive relationship with that protector. We really focused on that in weeks 10, 11, 12, and 15. Then we discussed getting permission to work with exiles. That was in week 19, and we're also dealing with that today in week 20. And then in the next episodes, we're going to start talking about accessing exiles unblending from exiles, unblending from concerned parts that come up when we're beginning to work with exiles, learning about exiles, and developing a trusting relationship with exiles. Then from there, we talk about accessing and witnessing childhood memories. We then go to repairing an exile, retrieving an exile, unburdening exiles, and transforming protectors. You can see that all laid out on page 67 of our workbook, that series of steps. We first work with the protectors, and that series of steps is on page 13 of our workbook, and then it's laid out after that, and then working with exiles, and that outline is on page 67. So last week, in week 19, we were continuing our preparations to do deeper work with our parts in a more focused way. And I, I want to say this, it's really important that members of our RCC are all over the board with regard to working with their exiles. There's lots of variations. What we're focusing on now is getting ready to work with our exiled parts. This is a major step forward. We are getting ready to, to focus on those parts of us that carry burdens of shame or rage or sadness or grief or loss. In the last week, we reviewed who those exiled parts are, and we discussed how important it is to be recollected, to be in self when we're doing work with those exiles. We discussed the common protector fears about allowing access to exiles, you know, and I'll just review those real quickly. The exile has too much pain. There's no point in approaching the exile. The concerned protector will lose its role in your system and be rejected or eliminated if we approach the exile or heal the exile. The concerned protector doesn't trust you. The exile will be harmed. A secret will be revealed. A dangerous firefighter will be triggered. The exile will re-experience the wound or the traumas. We went through all of those in greater detail in week 19. We also discussed the signs that help us to detect exiles. So I'm going to invite you to go back and review any of those topics that would be helpful for you to go over again. And today... We're talking about making final preparations to begin to work with exiles. 
Our reading was pages 67 to 72 of the Bonnie Weiss Self-Therapy Workbook, and I'm also drawing much of this material from Jay Early's book, Self-Therapy, Volume 1, from pages 169 to 188. And so there are some there are some things that can come up when you are beginning to consider working with your exiles. And those themes are dissociation and addiction, right? Dissociation, this is often activated by a firefighter, a firefighter that's gotten triggered, a firefighter that uses dissociation. And when you're experiencing dissociation, it can feel like you're getting really tired, getting really sleepy, checking out, spacing out, becoming oblivious, maybe feeling foggy, feeling disconnected from your body and especially from your feelings, right? There's this disconnection that comes in between you and your parts. That's dissociation. You can think of dissociation as a, as a, as a severe form of disconnection, right? That can happen. The other thing that can happen sometimes with firefighter activity is there can be uh, firefighters that impel you towards addictive behaviors, impulses to drink or overeat or use porn or masturbate or shop or or gamble, anything like that, right? Addictive behaviors can be activated. So what do we do in these situations when firefighters are activated and they're, they're maybe impelling us towards dissociation or towards addiction or to some other types of behaviors that wouldn't be helpful to us? What, what should we do? Well, the main thing is to connect with that firefighter. Really understand that that firefighter is a concerned part and there are reasons why that part is urging you towards addictive behaviors or dissociative behaviors. We want to get to know that part. We want to make that firefighter your target part and spend some time in parts sessions with that dissociating part or with that part that impels you towards some addictive or compulsive behavior, really forming a relationship with that part. We want to remember that that part has good intentions for you. It's trying to protect you and that accepting the part doesn't mean that you're endorsing every impulse that part has or every desire that part has. We're just accepting that that part is and that part is, is, is part of us. And one critical question that can help clarify so much in these situations is to ask, what does that firefighter think would happen if it didn't do its job, if it didn't dissociate, or if it didn't impel us towards some kind of addictive behavior? What would happen if that part were to relax and soften back. You'll learn so much by exploring that question with your firefighter. Now remember, we always work with protectors first before we work with the exiles that they protect or that they protect against. We're looking for that firefighter to trust you as the self to lead and guide your system and to be open to other ways of protecting against overwhelm or flooding. Now, if you can't connect with these firefighters, if they seem totally out of control, it's not a good idea to try to work with your exiles on your own at this point. I'm just going to say that flat out. Protectors are fearing intense exile pain and the possibility of being overwhelmed, and there's probably not enough trust in you as the self yet. So if you're finding that you're struggling with addictive behaviors, you're struggling uh, with dissociative behaviors, your efforts to connect with your firefighters are not enough on your own, then you may benefit from the presence of a trained professional, an IFS-informed therapist or counselor. 
Okay, so how do we keep on track? You know, we've got a part session. Protectors can distract us. They can attempt to derail us from staying with a particular theme or a particular thread or a particular part within us. We discussed this in week 18. There can be a lot of switching going on inside us and we can start to feel lost or disoriented or distracted our attention being pulled in many different directions at one time by different parts and all these parts clamoring to be heard and witnessed and when that happens it's easy to lose track of where you've come from and where you're going and so when lots of parts are clamoring for attention that can be really uh, really distracting really a lot to deal with but there are ways to work with that. And we're going to discuss those today. So a guiding principle from Jay Early is to stay with the target part you have originally chosen unless you have good reason to switch to another target part. So we, we want to ask the other parts to soften, to relax back, to give you room, to give you space so that you as the self can lead and guide your system. We're also letting parts know that they will all have a turn to be heard. All right. Then if, if you've shared that with them, you know, if you've asked them to soften and relax back to give you space and to let you and and you've let them know that you're gonna give a turn to all parts to be heard, see if they'll let you proceed with the target part that you originally chose. You can write down the parts that come up and briefly note their concerns. We don't want to ignore or dismiss parts that come up, but there does have to be order. And I'm going to walk you through an experiential exercise in this week uh, to show you how that can be done. So let's look at an example. Let's say that you were working with a self-sacrificing manager who protects a shame-bearing exile. And you're learning that your self-sacrificing manager focuses excessively on trying to meet the needs of others, even at the expense of your dignity and well-being, and that self and that that self-sacrificing manager doesn't hold boundaries very well. In trying to meet the needs of other people, this self-sacrificer harbors a secret hope that others will then meet the needs of your shame-bearing exile, but it doesn't really work that way very often. So now your internal critic comes up, right? Starts riding your self-sacrificer, pointing out all the flaws and problems with your self-sacrificer, all the things it does wrong. So we're going to see if that internal critic can soften and relax back so that you as the self can work with that self-sacrificer, right? So you see how another part came up in this hypothetical example. We're asking that part to relax and soften back so that you as the self can work with that original target part. So we try to stay with the original target part until that part experiences healing or relief or until your part session is over for the day or for that particular time. Now, let's talk a little bit about changing target parts because there are times when it is best to change target parts, to switch target parts. And when you do switch target parts, it should be for good reasons. Right? Sometimes a protector just won't soften or relax back. That protector just won't give you as the self space to work with your target part. And so then it makes sense to switch your target part to that protector that won't relax back. Perhaps you'll choose to work with the inner critic in our example before the self-sacrificer 
because the self-criticism is such a huge theme in your life right now. And so you decide, okay, I really was working with the self-sacrificer, but the internal criticism, that actually is more important to work on right now than the self-sacrificing stuff. So you might decide that there's just a more important theme to be working with. Sometimes a part just insists on being heard right now. It's just extremely insistent. And so sometimes that needs to be attended to. And sometimes a part that is very difficult to access is actually available to you in this moment. And you're like, whoa, I have an opportunity to work with this part. For some reason, this part is available right now. And so you take advantage of that moment to work with that part that's not generally available to your system. Now, it's not a good idea to switch parts because a part of you wants to avoid your original target part, right? That part might find something frightening or painful with working with your original target part, so it wants you to switch. Anytime that part comes up, this other part wants you to switch. That part comes up, let's switch. That part comes up again, let's switch, right? We want to recognize that that's likely us being blended with another concerned protector. So again, the idea is to try to stay with your original target part until that part experiences healing or relief or until your part session is over. So just a hint, frequent target part changes can be a sign that a blended protector is really running your part session. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about distinguishing among parts. Now, a lot of people identify their parts by the emotions that they're feeling, right? And that can actually be really helpful, but sometimes parts feel more than one emotion, right? And sometimes more than one part feels a given emotion. So it's not 100% accurate, right? Because a part could feel sadness, but it could also feel anger, right? So if that part's feeling anger and you've learned to recognize that part by sadness, you're going to miss it. You're not going to see the connection. Also, sometimes more than one part is feeling a given emotion. So there could be two parts that are feeling really intense sadness And you're picking up on that sadness, so you assume it's this first part, but it could actually be the second part that's up and active. The most reliable way to distinguish among parts is to just ask them. If you have the kind of relationship with those parts where you can talk with them, we can invite them to let us know who they are, to really engage in a conversation with them. And you can get this intuitive sense of felt identity. You just start to recognize, oh, this is a very right brain thing. I just sense that it's this part. Still good to confirm that, still good to check that out. But as you get more familiar with working with your parts, there's just more of a felt sense of the part's identity. You can also use the parts description worksheet 3.0 to get a better and more well-rounded idea of parts. So how do we prevent overwhelm, right? Because many parts can be activated at once. They can be struggling for control. They can be talking or yelling over one another. They can be fighting and polarizing. They can be all trying to get our attention. And how do we work with a situation like that? How do we welcome all of our parts but yet not be overwhelmed by them? So some ways of managing first is to slow it all down. Right, to, to slow it all down, to take a deep breath or two or three, to help ground yourself in the present moment 
It can be helpful to notice your feet on the floor, for example. And then to begin to focus on one inner experience at a time. Just one inner experience at a time. Enough to recognize the part that's generating that inner experience and to connect with it. We give each part a brief opportunity to be heard. We ask that part to see if it would be willing to to soften back. And then we shift to another part, like passing a microphone. We're not spending a lot of time with each part, but we're working toward greater cooperation and collaboration part by part, getting a bird's eye view of your parts and their interactions. And this can help to calm your whole system down. Each part sensing that it's being recognized and acknowledged, even if there's not time for hearing its whole story in the moment. And when that happens, it becomes less noisy inside. And when we start to get that calming down, we start to get parts jointly relaxing and softening back. Then we can check and see if there's agreement about which part is in most need of care and attention first. All right, so when we're doing a part session, we also want to be careful of not having too singular a focus on just the target part. We don't want to have tunnel vision. Sometimes our protectors may give us a lot of space to do this work. And we can proactively check in with them to see how that's going. Not wait for them to get activated and start reacting, but to check in with them at different points when we're doing really focused work with a given target part to see how they're doing. So we want to thank our protectors. We want to appreciate them. They have human needs to be noticed. And you will see that in the experiential exercises that I do, that I give lots of appreciation to protector parts for their efforts, for their good intentions, for how they're trying to help. And that doesn't imply, again, that we endorse all the means that protectors use, but sometimes their ways of trying to help are maladaptive. All right, so when you are starting up a new part session, let's talk a little bit about picking up the work from the previous session. And one way you can do that is to simply re-access the part from the last part session that you were that you were doing, right? You might review your notes or your parts journal to refresh your memory. Uh, you might take a look at your parts description worksheet for that part, review what you've learned about that part. But it's important to be patient with reconnection because the part may need more time to allow you both to get reacquainted. I'm going to check in with how is that part feeling now? And we don't want to assume that the target part is necessarily in the same place as when you left off in your last parts session. So even though we're approaching exile work in the RCC, we're going to begin it next, next time, next week, it's quite likely that not all of you are ready to work with your exiles. It may be that fewer than half of you are really prepared for exile work. Right? Many of those that are prepared for exile work are in that place because you've been involved with your own individual IFS-informed therapy or you've been working with your parts for a long time. Um, you know, So there's various reasons why people are going to be at different points along the journey. And it's okay for you not to be ready for exile work yet. Right? I want to stress how important that is. It is okay for you not to be ready to work with your exiles yet. 
Sometimes we have managers that want to rush the process. They're doing all sorts of social comparisons with other people in your company. This is not a race. And success in your work may look very different from someone else's success. We're all different. We're all in different places with different sets of circumstances, with different experiential histories. We want to avoid judging ourselves negatively on our work. There can be managers that are trying to guard against shame if we feel behind. We need to accept where we are and accept the time it takes for us to make progress. And that takes humility. I really support those who are not ready to do exile work yet in the RCC. I'm really glad that you can acknowledge that. You can continue to work with your protectors, your managers, and your firefighters. That is not time wasted. I really want you to have a solid base before you go on to exile work, very solid relationships with your managers. And as I said, that might not be time for some of you yet. So I want to appreciate that. All right, so look forward to meeting you on the other side when we'll do our experiential exercise and put some of these ideas into action. See you soon.